stay here in Baton Rouge, go to Prairieville, whatever. She will look up on Yelp or some other app, and she will find a new place that we've never been. She will find a place that looks exquisite or maybe interesting. You try, you know, there's, there's all these different words that she uses. It, and, and I love going where she goes because she always finds something, no matter what it is, exquisite or, or wonderful, it's always tasty. Okay, and, and food in itself is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. The problem with food nowadays, though, here's the issue that I do have, is sometimes you have no idea what it is that you are consuming. You just have l- no clue. I mean, you go to the store, you buy your cheese or you buy your bread, and if it's Donovan, you buy your bunny bread, right? And, uh, and you buy what it is that you want, and you make your sandwich, you grab your, uh, your meat, and you open up that <laughs> package, right? And you pull out that meat, and you put it on, and you have no clue the different chemicals, and you have no idea the different ingredients that have been put inside of these different groceries, okay? And so here, let me just name a couple of these weird names, and I need some doctors, probably, uh, nurses, whatever, to help me with these names. But the first one I have here, have you guys ever heard of a thing called lanolin? Lanolin. Lanolin. Okay, have you heard of it? Okay, lanolin. Here's what it is. You got, don't throw the picture up quite yet. Don't throw it up. It's an oily secretion from sheep's wool, basically it's sheep sweat, okay, sheep sweat, a Forbes.com contributor wrote, where you might find it, lanolin is used in some skincare products, okay, but it's also, 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 also masquerading, let's put that up there, as gum base in food products, according to, to this prevention.com. So there is, there's some, okay, I'm just saying, I mean, I love a good piece of bubble gum as much as the next person, but I started reading some of these things. Okay, let's, that's wonderful. Our gum is full of sheep sweat. All right, carmine. Anyone heard of carmine? Okay, good. It's a red food dye made from crushed, dried, and boiled beetles. Where you might find it? The cochineal beetle, when prepared in the above fashion, creates a red dye used in juice, ice cream, and some red candies. You want to throw that up, Ron? According to the, to the Discovery Channel, why other food colors don't necessarily have to be called out. But there's some. So if you see a red dye, typically it's coming from this beetle. Wonderful. Okay, let's, let's keep moving on. This one I'm not even going to try. In fact, yeah, why not? Teriteria one. In other words, TBHQ. TBHQ, it's a petroleum-derived form of butane used as a food preservative. Where you might find it? Lighter fluid. And butterfingers. Yeah, great. We spotted TBHQ on candy bars. Scary long label. There has been considerable controversy over the preservative as five grams of the stuff would be lethal, according to Mother Nature Network. As, mu- as such, the FDA ruled it could not be used in greater quantities than 0.02%. So don't even worry. Don't worry about that lighter fluid, y'all. It's okay. Enjoy your butter fingers. <laughs> the, right. <laughs> <Did you set> you? <laughs> 
<laughs> so here we go. Castorium. We got, we got two more, okay? Castorium is an extract from beaver perineal glands and possibly beaver perennial. Thank you, sweetheart. And beaver, possibly beaver urine. According to Forbes.com, where you might find it, uh, hiding on ingredients lists as natural flavoring. Since anything derived from plants or animals can be deemed natural, it's most found in berry and vanilla flavoring. So yeah, that berry and vanilla flavoring, that natural flavoring, yeah, just uh, you might want to be careful with that. And then finally, let's let's look at she- shellac. Shellac, S H E L L A C. What is it? It's a sticky substance made from secretions of a bug native to Thailand. Where you might find it is it's used to make that shiny coating on candies like jelly beans. It's often listed on ingredients labels as confectioner's glaze. See, when you realize what is on the inside of some things, very quickly those very tasty and wonderful foods, i.e. butterfingers, can very quickly become ultra gross and a massive turn. It's like, no, I was hungry a minute ago, Brendan. In fact, I wanted Domino's and I wanted Cane's and Chick-fil-A, but now I don't even know what's in those. And so, uh, but when you start to grind everything down to its natural ingredients and figuring out, pulling out what's in everything, it can very quickly become very, very gross. One other product that uh, some of you, I got a Coca-Cola here, actually, and it's four cocks. There you go. I got, yeah, there you go. So Coca-Cola, and man, there's sometimes nothing more that any of us could desire more in this world after a hot day out in the sun than coming home to a nice cold Coca-Cola in the fridge, right? Mmm, always Coca-Cola, right? It's, no, okay, that's, that's a jingle in Canada, I guess. All right, so. But I'm telling you, a nice cold Coca-Cola, you grab that and you throw that, swig that back. And the problem with Coca-Cola is you can also use it as a toilet bowl cleaner. Literally, you go on YouTube tonight and type in life hacks with Coca-Cola and realize that there are dozens of things that you can do with a Coca-Cola bottle. And I mean the, the product, not just the bottle, okay? I mean the product, Coca-Cola. There are so many different preservatives, so many different ingredients, so many different toxins that are so incredibly bad for us, but somehow it's met FDA standards, and we are all just consuming it. You know why? Because Coca-Cola has just mesmerized us with their marketing campaigns and their amazing commercials and their peace and their love and their all that stuff, and they're just wonderful, but then you realize what's in it. It's like, oh, wow. That's a, that's a lot of bad stuff. Things are, are very easily, we have the ability to overlook things that are, we have the ability to overlook ingredients that are inside products that are put into pretty bottles. We just have that ability at times. And we don't realize all that it can do to us, all that it will do to us if we continue to consume it. I know myself, I, I, I do and have digested Coca-Cola. I do and have digested jelly beans. I do and have digested butterfingers and sheep sweat and all the rest of that wonderful stuff. 
I, I won't lie to you. Today I did open up a, a, a muffin that was packaged, and I took a, after preparing the sermon, I took a bite, and I spat it out, and I thought to myself, I don't know what's in this. <laughs> I did do that. But no matter what's in it, we, we think this is just what I need. This is refreshing. It's wonderful. It's just what I need. I don't care what's on the inside. I just want it because it's Coca-Cola. The truth is, though, more than just food, they're, they're, it's more than just food that has stuff inside that we don't know about. The problem is sometimes we can do the same thing that Coca-Cola does. Coca-Cola has that ability to hide all of its ingredients behind a pretty package. And sometimes you and I have that a very same ability. We have the ability to, to have hurt and deceit or lies and, 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 and all kinds of stuff locked inside of us, but we're able to put it behind a pretty package. We're so capable of coming to church and smiling and shaking hands and worshiping and playing a guitar or, or, or playing an instrument or, or coming in and, and making sure to tell somebody, man, it's good to see you, all the while we're harboring feelings of bitterness or harboring feelings of, of contentment or we're just not where we need to be with God. Food is not the only thing in this world that likes to cover up its issues. As humans and as Christians, it can be eerily easy to make sure we are looking the part of the Christian while our hearts can be 10 miles or a million miles away from God. We can come to church on Sunday and on Wednesday and be involved in all the while never truly have our relationship with God where it needs to be. Young Life, I started off this sermon, this, this service by saying I'm so excited about what God's doing in this youth group. I'm so pumped from junior high all the way to hyphen. I am stoked about what God's doing. And I believe that there are some people in this room that are pursuing a relationship with God like they've never pursued before. But tonight, I want to talk to some people. If you're not pursuing that relationship with God, if you're just dressing the part and you're not where you need to be, I want you to get where you need to be. My sermon tonight is Mark, or sorry, Matthew 23, 27, and 28, and I did not give it to Ron, and I apologize, Ron, but it's Matthew 23, 27, and 28. In the book of Matthew, in, in the chapter 23, Jesus, he starts to almost do one of those roasts. Have you ever heard of a roast where they like roast, a, you know, Sylvester Stallone, or they roast this guy, roast that girl? Well, in Matthew 23, Jesus kind of does one of those, and he starts going down this list of the issues with the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? Well, they're the guys that were, you know, doing everything right. They were, they were sacrificing what they needed to sacrifice, and they were making sure not to eat what, what the Torah had told them not to eat, and they were making sure to, to do all that they were supposed to do. But the issue Jesus had was, they were doing everything on the outside, while on the inside, they had issues that they were not facing. Can we throw that up there, Ron? Are you good? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Cleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Full, whitewashed tombs, full of dead man's bones. 
So you under you got to understand. Here's Jesus telling these ex- extremely religious men, "You you look the part. You're doing great. Like for that aspect, you've got it together. But you're full of dead man's bones. Like Jesus. Whoa, dude, lay off. Like mean. Wow. Right? Like <laughs> come on, man. Be gentle. But here Jesus is making a point. And in fact, look, I, I've got some pictures of some tombs. Why don't we look at those? Look at, beautiful, right? Wow. Woof. It's a party in there, and they're just dying to get in. <laughs> All right, there's another one. There's another one. I, I'm becoming a dad, y'all, okay? Get used to it. All right. Like, beautiful, right? Just stunning. Stunning, stunning structures. And Jesus is saying, these are the kind of tombs that these men would have had in their minds. And he's saying, you guys look like this. You guys have it all together. You've structured your life so well, but inside, you've got some issues. And here's the thing. It doesn't only mean sin. In my opinion, that's not only sin. See, I believe that there's a couple of things that those whole dead man bones can mean. First of all, what? let's talk about some dead man's bones. Well, first of all, dead men are stale. They're dead. They're boring. Like, they're not going to be the life of the party, right? Like, you're not going to, these bones, these bones, these bones. Anyways, do you guys know that song? Oh, good. <laughs> wow, I was nervous there. So, but, but you know, bones aren't going to be the life of the party. They're not going to get up and dance for you. They're not going to come out and greet you when you come to their tomb. They're not going to do it. They're stale. They're dry. They're just not plugged in. They're, they don't have anything to do with the issue. So, first off, Jesus is saying, Guys, you're just stale, man. You're not plugging. You're missing it. Here I am, the Messiah, and you guys are just missing it. And we can be in that very same boat. We can come to church, look the part, and it might have nothing to do with sin. There might You might be a great person. You might not be going places you don't need to be going, saying things you might not need to be saying, doing things that you don't need to be doing, but still you might be dead on the inside, miles away from God. And you're the first person that I want to talk to. Because you know what? God, he desires a relationship with you. Young life, this summer, here we are launching off into summer. And this summer doesn't need to be a time when you drift further away from God. You can recognize, okay, there's some, there's some dead things inside of me, but you can shake it up a little bit. And do you know what? With God's help, I'm telling you, you can pursue a relationship with him, and you can bring life back into those dead situations into your life. Maybe you haven't prayed for a week. Maybe you haven't prayed for two weeks. Maybe it's been a month. Maybe you've neglected your Bible, and it's collecting dust. Maybe you haven't fasted in a year. Maybe that your spiritual life is dead. I want to tell you tonight, God desires to bring that back alive inside of you. There's some people in this room that I believe are mountain movers. There's some people tonight in this room with faith, the grain of a mustard seed. And like pastor spoke just last week, you're going to walk up into some mountains and you can move those mountains. You can speak to those mountains and cast them into the sea. But it's going to take some people saying, you know what? I'm not where I need to be. On the outside, no one would ever know. No, I'm, I'm, you know, no one's checking off my time list, making sure I'm praying. Nobody's texting me saying, hey, have you read your Bible today? Hey, have you fasted this week? Maybe, you know, but you might be so spiritually dead, but you are the only one that would know that. You and God. Number two, sin 
what does Paul say? The wages of death, the wages of sin is death. So there you go. There's number two. So the two things I think it is, number one, it's just, it's, it's just boredom. It's, it's, it's staleness. It's dryness. And number two is sin. Maybe you have allowed sin to creep into your life. Maybe you have allowed some things that you never thought you, you would let into your life. Maybe you, you've got some thoughts that you never thought I, I would ever think that or I would never say that. And now here I am talking bad about one of my best friends. Here I am now, you know, cussing. Here I am now gossiping. Here I am now lying. Here I am doing something that I never thought I would do. And Jesus, I believe also in this scripture, is saying you've allowed some sin into your life. And so there's dead man's bones inside of your structure. You, you appear beautifully. It's like they had this Coca-Cola syndrome, if you will. These, these Pharisees had this Coca-Cola, stru- uh, this, this symptom where they had it all together. They looked so good. They looked wonderful. This would go so good with my taco from Taco Bell. This would go so good with, you know, a nice burger, double cheeseburger from McDonald's with some of their salty fries. Oh, but all along, right, there it is. I knew I'd get an amen. I was searching for it. But all along, this thing's just death inside. And these Pharisees had that same issue. And if we're not careful, each and every one of us can fall into that same trap, that same Coca-Cola syndrome where we look good on the outside, and man, our marketing, our PR department is off the charts. And all along, our souls are drifting further and further away from God. I'm preaching this tonight, and I, I started prepping this message, and I was getting to this point. I'm like, well, up to this point, it's kind of like that unfiltered message. But then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I, I've prayed about it, like I, I, and I believe God is giving me this because we're going into a new dimension as a youth group. We're, we're, we're going into uncharted territories. I mean, I've never been the youth pastor of a youth group of almost 50 students before. I mean, I don't know how many of you, you know, that, that's, where we're, that's where we're heading. We're going 50, we're going 60. We're, we're not slowing down. We're going in that direction. And I believe it's going to take students who are on fire for God for us to attract more students that want what we have. There are students coming every Sunday. There are students looking at this body of believers right here saying, what is it that you have? There's, I'm telling you, if you don't understand that, there are people coming every single week and saying, I want what the rest of y'all have. And I believe if we're going to be whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, we have nothing to offer them. Nothing to offer them. Now, if you don't know this, let me tell you another scientific fact. Here I am, Mr. Science tonight. Sorry. Uh, but another scientific fact about Coca-Cola. I was talking about those long, hot days and opening up that Coca-Cola. Here, that sounds great, right? Wow. Did you know Coca-Cola does not hydrate you? In fact, did you know Coca-Cola dehydrates you? Because, <laughs> Ron, yep. because of all of the products inside of this, and because you've sweated because you've worked such a long, hard day, Coca-Cola will not replenish the things that you are pushing out. In fact, Coca-Cola, it's just so chock full of sugar and all those other bad things that it does nothing for you but dehydrate. It, it actually 
quickens the process of dehydration. So you're really thirsty, and it's going to make you more thirsty and want more to drink. And, man, it's just like they are brilliant. They're brilliant people. Wow, way to go, Coke. Evil. But, I'm t- but here's the thing. That, that's the problem with sin. That's the problem with just being complacent. That's the problem with being bored. It's so easy and it's so hard to get away from it. It's so easy, isn't it, to come on a Sunday morning and kind of just go through the worship. Whether that means that you raise your hand or whether that means you stand there like one of these or whatever you do. But it's easy to kind of come in and just do the same thing time in and time out and never really push the envelope at all. Never try something new. Never maybe move a leg or clap a hand. Or Why? Because it's... It's that dehydrating. More of that. More of that. More of that. Now, on the other hand, there's this beautiful thing called water. Oh, there it is. Sorry. Mm. Wow. Now let's look at the ingredients together, shall we? I don't even see in group. Purified water, <laughs> magnesium sulfate, y'all. All right, we got some magnesium in here. All right, potassium chloride, salt. Oh, well, that's fine, right? Whatever, salt's good. Jesus said these words. He said to a, a, a Samaritan woman sitting at a well one day, he said, if you understood who I am, you would have asked me for water. And I would have given you water that you would have drank from and never thirsted again. He said, I am the living water. See, you need to understand water brings life. It hydrates you. It helps you. After a long, hard day, y'all, don't go for the Coke. Go for the water. It will hydrate. It will bring life. And when you are exhausted and sweating, it will replenish you. It will do what it's meant to do. And Jesus Christ, I believe that he's here in this, in this place right now. And he's saying, I'm the living water. I'm here to bring life into the dead places of your life. I'm here to, to hydrate those areas that have gotten dry. You've allowed your prayer life to get weak. You've allowed your prayer life to get dry. You've allowed your, your, your spiritual disciplines to dry up a little bit. And I'm here right now to let you know that I want to hydrate you with the living water and make sure that those dead areas in your life are not dead anymore. Jesus has come to bring life and life more abundantly and to speak into some people's dead situations and make sure that you leave this place alive. I believe that we need to stir up the Holy Ghost, and we can all stand. But I believe that each and every one of us, we need to stir up the Holy Spirit. We need, we need to allow God to start to flow into our lives and move into some spaces that we have not allowed him to move in a long time. You may look uh, uh, all right to all of us. You might look like you've got it together. You're a good Christian. You're, you're a great, you know, you're, you're capable and you're a hard worker and, and here you are on at Young Life United and, and you might be going home and saying, man, why do I feel so alone? Why do I feel so empty? Why do I not feel that joy? Why do I not feel that, that, that life that I should be feeling? But God is here and he's here to move 
and to to pour out that living water. That Coca-Cola lifestyle that those Pharisees lived was full of death and dead man's bones. But that's not a lifestyle that you have to live. You're not condemned and, 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 and put in that box. You don't have to live there. You might have lived there. You might be living there. But I want to compel some of you. Push past that lifestyle of just looking the part. Push past that lifestyle of just saying, all right, I'm making it. All right, no one knows. All right, I'm getting by. All right, I, 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 you know, I'm, this is it. This is my life. Push past that and say, God, you've got more for me. God, you've got more for me. My, I'm here. I'm part of this group. You've put me in this community for a purpose. You've, you've put me at life point. You've put me in young life, and I'm here, and I want to be a part of what you have for me. I want to be alive. I want to be on fire. I want to be so full of you and your living water. So tonight, before we leave, it's only, it's only 719. Before we leave, I want each and every one of us to come up here, and I want us to open ourselves up. And say, God, I want you to pour yourself out on me right now. Some of you haven't prayed in a long time. Some of you haven't pushed through in prayer in a long time. And so tonight, I want you to push a little bit. I want you to drive a little bit. I want you to say, God, what do you have for me? Close your eyes. Lift your hands all across this place.